Thank you for tuning in to Change and Thrive. I'm your host, Dr. Wendy Heckelman, founder and CEO of WLH Consulting and Learning Solutions. Be sure to subscribe by hitting the notification bell. That way, you'll never miss an episode. As organizations are fundamentally re-examining their strategies based on the lessons learned from this past year in the COVID pandemic and moving to a new normal, it is really critical to consider the role that culture plays in supporting those changes. Culture can either support transformative change or can get in the way of effective transformation. So today, I am so honored to have Andrew Moore, who is the general manager of Pfizer's PC1 organization and a long-term friend and client with us here today. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Wendy. It's good to be here. I'm so excited to have you here, Andrew. You come with such a wealth of information, having so many different roles um, in your uh, career. And you've led in the military, you've led in several organizations in the life sciences area. So my first question to you really is, what shaped your belief that organizational culture is so important? Actually, it was being shaped before I knew what it was. Uh, I think I was a second lieutenant, just graduated from college, going into the Army, going into a combat arms unit. And I would never forget the first day I arrived at my unit and I meet my colonel outside and I'm having a, a chat with him. And one of my soldiers walked by and my colonel says, Andrew, you're going to let that happen. And I was like, what, sir? He said, your soldier just walked by you. And I turned and said, soldier, attend. He turns around, he salutes and says, sorry, sir, I didn't see you. And uh, after Colonel, I said, you know, he was, you know, quite a ways away. He said, son, let me tell you something. If you don't correct things on the spot, they become a part of your organization. If you let that soldier walk by without saluting you, he's going right back to the barracks and tell everyone, I just walked by the new lieutenant and I didn't salute. Now you just set a new standard in your organization. Now that's culture, but at the time, I thought of it more as being uh, disciplined and as part of the military. So that was probably my first memory of how culture can affect change in an organization. That's a pretty powerful story. And let me ask you, militaries are far more compliant, right? And, and in your experience in life sciences, we know that people need to be pushed or pulled in a certain direction. So can you share an example why culture was so important really in your early days of running a commercial organization? Early on in my career, I thought the way you get things done is through execution, tactical execution. It never dawned on me that there was other ways of getting things done. So I always focused on results. And uh, after meeting you and having lots of conversation with you early on in my career and listening to you talk about other elements that can drive a business results, I started to think about it a little bit differently. And the first time I put something into action was actually with you, with the organization in Canada. And uh, that was an organization that I had to bring together that was only focused on results. The culture was one that was split between sales and operations, but it was primarily operations driven. And so the question then is, how do you move that organization from being internally operationally driven to being market driven and market focused? And how do you get the results without focusing on results? 
And uh, long story short, if you remember, we took that organization from a 2% decline top line to a 12% revenue growth and a 98% EBIT growth in 12 months. And again, that was all focused not on results, but we, were we, we focused on the values, the behaviors, the experiences, and uh, how that drove our results by starting on the other end and driving the organization to be able to behave in a certain way will give you a different result. So what you're really talking about is there was intentionality in the work around shaping the culture. And um, I like the way that you talk about uh, beliefs uh, and experiences leading to outcomes, right? The types of behaviors. So when you think about intentionality, why do some leaders not focus on culture? Or what does it take to get them to actually think that this is important and can move the business? I think in a lot of cases, they haven't uh, had that experience. They haven't seen it work. Because most of us coming up in our careers, we're measured on one thing, the end results. I've seen bad behavior get good results and individuals are rewarded. It's not just about the what, it's about the how. But you know, years ago, it was all about the end result. And if you delivered, you got your bonus, you got promoted. And that's changing today. Now it's more about the what and the how. So how are you driving these results today, in my opinion, are more important than the result itself. Because that sets the entire organization up for long-term sustainable growth instead of short-term results. And I also think the world has changed, Andrew, and yeah. the way that you could get great results and leave a pool of bloody bodies and you would get rewarded. And I think the context of the world has changed where that's no longer acceptable. Um, I, I knew that there is a recognized statement and we, we've chatted about it, that culture will eat strategy for lunch, for breakfast, for dinner. And in our professional relationship that spans 20 years, hard to imagine. I know that you are so committed to defining and shaping the culture of the organizations you lead. And you just took on uh, a very interesting new leadership role leading a global organization. And you engaged in some significant work that was really the first out of the gate to define your culture while ensuring that also it aligned with Pfizer's culture, because you're part of the Pfizer organization, of the values of courage, excellence, equity, and joy. And you thought an intentional rollout was going to be critical. So I guess my question to you is, why did you believe it would be critical to PC1's success and how do you think this newly shaped culture that you're continuing to purposely cascade and reinforce will help with the achievement of the business strategy? It goes back to what you just said, culture, each strategy, you know, hands down. So from my perspective, the beliefs and the values are the most important thing. But you have to create an environment that's conducive to accomplishing a strategy. Strategy means nothing if it's not embedded in the right values and the right beliefs. So you have to start there first. And Pfizer, I, I love the way Pfizer has redefined its values. I remember back when it was like 15 different values and now we're down to four. And it's amazing to look at those four and see how well they encompass all of the most important things around values, around behavior and around beliefs. 
you know, so from, from my perspective, if that's in place, now I can spend time defining our strategy and how that strategy can be implemented with those cultural norms. And staying within those, those frameworks allows us to do things the right way. As I've watched this unfold over the last several months, you first started with your leadership team and got them on board, but then they cascaded. You recently held a global virtual meeting. And what would you say the impact of workshopping culture? You know, how has that rallied the organization, aligned the organization? You know, what do you think the impact has been by really coming all the way down to all employees? I don't think I've ever seen this many emails from an organization coming directly to me asking me about culture. We started to scratch the surface on what it means. People, they've seen this rollout a few years ago. And I think people have struggled with exactly what does that mean for me on a daily basis as far as how I operate within uh, my area of responsibility. And I think what the exercise did was give people a, a view into how to implement uh, those values within what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. But most importantly, we have to continue this process. We have everyone's interest now. Everyone is saying, hey, what, what else are we going to do around culture? You know, so the buzz is there now, and that's what we did. We created the buzz. Now the most important part and the hard work really begins now is to how do we continue that and make it part of the culture. And the leaders play a critical role in reinforcing the kinds of behaviors you want to see. And they create right. those experiences that will tell an individual you're serious about this value or belief or you're not. So we know that this is a marathon and not a sprint. And I think that's one of the first things that we talked about, that this was not going to be a flavor of the day. It needed sustained effort to really help become sticky um, in the way that people work together. So you're you know, in a pretty senior leadership role, have held many um, throughout your career. And I would ask you, if you're talking to our audience, what are the most important lessons learned or elements that they should consider when embarking on culture transformation? Uh, for me, it is the buy-in of the leaders of the organization. If the leadership team doesn't buy into uh, the culture, they don't buy into those values, nothing's going to happen. So number one is doing it with your leadership team and not doing it to your leadership team. So bringing them in, having those discussions, defining it with the team and having that dialogue on how we're going to implement as leaders and how are we going to exemplify and give people these experiences as leaders. The organization is a reflection of his leadership. So everything from my perspective starts with the leadership team. And from there you cascade down. If I'm a leader and I'm about to undergo some sort of fundamental change, I really should think about what my culture is and what it needs to be to support that transformation and then do some intentional work around it. Um, but, we're saying it. but this is really a top-down driven approach. You can do it from the bottom up, but I think doing it from a top-down really affords you a greater probability of success. Question for you. Some people might say, well, does it really make a difference? It's a lot of work. Now, why should I do it? How would you respond if somebody was sitting across from you and said that? I would respond by saying, do you want short-term results or do you want long-term sustainable results? Do you want an organization where you're monthly looking at numbers and quarterly uh, adjusting on the fly? Or do you want to be able to implement a strategy 
and allow that strategy to materialize those results because you've done all the other things right. So that's a question you have to ask yourself as a leader. Do you want to manage results or do you want to manage culture? And if you manage culture, now you have long-term sustainable growth you know, versus a one-hit wonder. And believe me, I've done them both. I've done the one-hit wonder thing and, 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 and have scrambled quarter to quarter. And the reason I'm so passionate about getting culture right up front is because you don't have to focus on results that intensely. You focus on the culture and those behaviors will drive the, the, the desired results. You really translated or transferred your vision and the ways of working when you embedded in the culture. So people can, you know, where they're, where they're aiming towards, but that they know the, the how in which they're going to do that. Any other closing comments or thoughts to share before we wrap up today's podcast? Anyone who's like particularly young leaders who are going to embark on a venture uh, dealing with culture, uh, my recommendation would be first to get some help. Go out and if you have the money, hire someone like Wendy to come in and help you understand what culture is, uh, help you understand how to build a framework around culture, how to design and understand your organization uh, with your leaders so that you build a culture that's good for your organization. Because every organization culture is going to be different. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. So as we recap from today's podcast, a few critical takeaways that Andrew has laid out. One, organizational culture is really critical to, to help an organization achieve its strategy. And second, without intentional effort, you will not build the type of culture you want explicitly. The next takeaway, really believe and build a culture that needs a sustained effort and needs to start with your leadership team aligning on those critical values and the commitments and experiences that they will make to help drive the types of behaviors you wanna see and those actions and results throughout the organization. And lastly, to think of this as a marathon and not a sprint. That if you want to have long-term success, it's critical that you invest in organizational culture and then keep that alive to help drive your business strategy. Andrew, I wanna thank you again so much for participating today. It was really wonderful to have you on today's show. Thank you for having me, Wendy. It was really good to see you. As I wrap up, I wanna thank everybody for listening to today's podcast with Andrew Moore on driving cultural change and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you next week.